Okay, very good. Dharmasya of the personification of all religion. Of the personification of all religion. Te of you. Bhagavata of the Supreme Personality of God. Of the Supreme Personality of God. Triyuga. Triyuga. You are manifest in all three millenniums. You are manifest in all three millenniums. Tripi. By three. By Swai. Your own. Your own. But be. Feet. Chara acharam. Animate and inanimate. Idam. This universe, Lija, the twice born, Devata, the demigods, Artham, for the sake of, Nunam, however, Ritam, protected, Tat, those feet of Igati, destroying, Raja, the mode of passion. Chama, the mode of ignorance. Cha, and Satvena, of pure goodness. Na, unto us. Varadaya, bestowing all blessings. Tanuva, by your transcendental form. Narasya, driving away. O oh Lord, you are the personification of all religion. Therefore, you manifest yourself in three millenniums, and thus you protect this universe, which consists of animate and inanimate beings. And by your grace, which is of pure goodness and is bestower of all blessings, kindly drive away the elements of Rajas and Tamas for the sake of the demigods and twice born. Prabhupada's purport now commences. The Lord is addressed in this verse as Triyuga, or one who appears in three millenniums, namely the Satya, Dwapara, and Treta Yugas. He is not mentioned as appearing in the fourth millennium or Kali Yuga. It is described in Vedic literature that in Kali Yuga he comes as Channa Avatar or an incarnation, but he does not appear as a manifest incarnation. In, other, in the other Yugas, however, the Lord is a manifested incarnation and therefore he is addressed as three yuga, or the Lord who appears in three yugas. Siddha Swami describes three yuga as follows. Yuga means couple, and tree means three. The Lord is manifested as three couples by his six opulences, or three couples of opulences. In that way, he can be addressed as three yuga. The Lord is the personality of religious principles. In three millenniums, religious principles are protected by three kinds of spiritual culture, namely austerity, cleanliness, and mercy. The Lord is called Triyuga in that way also. In the age of Kali, 
these three requisites to spiritual culture are almost absent. But the Lord is so kind that in spite of Kali Yuga's being devoid of these three spiritual qualities, he comes and protects the people of this age in his covered incarnation as Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya is called covered because although he is Krishna himself, he presents himself as a devotee of Krishna, not directly Krishna. The devotees pray to Lord Chaitanya, therefore, to eliminate their stock of passion and ignorance, the most conspicuous assets of this yuga. In the Krishna consciousness movement, one cleanses himself of the modes of passion and ignorance by chanting the holy name of the Lord, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, as introduced by Lord Chaitanya. The four Kumaras were cognizant of their situation in the modes of passion and ignorance, although because, although in Vaikuntha, they wanted to curse devotees of the Lord. Since they were conscious of their own weakness, they prayed to the Lord to remove their still existing passion and ignorance. The three transcendental qualifications Cleanliness, austerity, and mercy are the qualifications of the twice-born and the demigods. Those who are not situated in the quality of goodness cannot accept these three principles of spiritual culture. For the Krishna consciousness movement, therefore, there are three simple activities which are prohibited, namely illicit sex, intoxication and eating food other than the prasad offered to Krishna. These three prohibitions are based on the principles of austerity, cleanliness and mercy. Devotees are merciful because they spare the poor animals and they are clean because they are free of contamination from unwanted foodstuffs and unwanted habits. Austerity is represented by restricted sex life. These principles, indicated by the prayers of the four Kumaras, should be followed by the devotees who are engaged in Krishna consciousness. Harin Nama, Harin Nama, Harin Nama, I became along. Kalo Naskeva, Naskeva, Naskeva Gatiranyata. Prahlad Maharaj, when he was glorifying Lord Nasingadev, also mentioned this Chana Avatar. That God comes not in the position of God, but as servant of God. This concept of Triyuga uh, appears elsewhere later in this uh, canto with the narration of Lord uh, Bor, Varaha. There's also a prayer there glorifying Lord Varaha. And again, this idea of Triyuga appears. 
And I mentioned the other day how Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya and Gopinath Acharya were discussing. And Sarvabhoma being the topmost Mayavadi scholar in all of India at that time, pointed out that you're saying that this Lord Chaitanya is God, that who was just fainted in the Jagannath temple. And you're telling me he's God when you know very well God doesn't appear in Kali Yuga. But Gopinath said, no, that's referring to the Leela avatar. But there's still Yuga avatar. There's always an incarnation for each age. There was the white incarnation in Satya Yuga, the red incarnation in Treta Yuga, the blackish incarnation in Dwarapur Yuga, and in Kali Yuga, the Yuga avatar is Pita or yellow, golden. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that Yuga avatar. In today's purport, which personally I feel the way Prabhupada constructed this purport is amazing. He hit upon all the main points of the verse. But this last section, he gives a different kind of understand, yet another angle of vision about these, as he says, three <coughs> principles of spiritual culture. So in, in this movement, you have to be willing to practice the qualities of spiritual culture. Of course, the most important activity, the one that is essential, that Prabhupada writes in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the first order of the spiritual master. Many years ago, there was this big hubbub, the final order. I'm still stuck on the first one. The first one is that one has to chant 16 rounds of the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Can you teach it to me? Hare Krishna. Hare I forgot. That's why I needed you to tell me. Very good. So he says that's the first order of the spiritual master. Because he's commenting on a verse. Uh, instructions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to Sanatana Goswami. And he's explaining the process of devotional service. Uh, lately, my most current realized, personal realization. Uh, knowledge has to lead to action. That is the proof that you're actually learning something. If you're just acquiring information like a computer, no, you have to be able to, you've learned something, now put it into practice, just like <coughs> The whole Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavad Gita is knowledge, different types of knowledge. 
But what does Krishna say at the end? <coughs> he wants Arjuna to act upon it, to make a decision, either do it or don't do it. But Krishna is bringing him to the point, the whole purpose that Krishna is speaking Bhagavad Gita is for Arjuna to pick up his bow and fight the war. That's so some people they preach, oh Bhagavad Gita is non-violence. <coughs> That's not true for Arjuna. For Arjuna, the message was very clear. Fight, kill. Repeatedly, throughout Bhagavad Gita, Krishna was like, therefore, get up and fight. So by the end, Krishna has explained everything to Arjuna, everything necessary. That's why it says in the beginning, this one book, Bhagavad Gita, is sufficient. One book. And here we have Srimad Bhagavatam, which is Bhagavad Gita explained more elaborately. But message is the same. You have acquired all this knowledge, now act upon it. Do as you like, but he's expecting some action. We learn from Bhagavad Gita that we're always acting. There's never this notion of not acting. We're always active. Prabhupada makes this point in Krishna book. Uh, you're either uh, active in a healthy state or active in an unhealthy state, but you're active because the soul by nature is active. You're active in the liberated state. You're active in the conditioned state activity. So knowledge is what drives and guides the action. That's why we study the books, so that we develop these three principles of spiritual culture. Yes, we say, Jas Chad Hare Krishna, all perfection is there. Yes. But to get to the point you must learn. I always give the example. When Krishna was speaking to his father Nanda, asking him, what is this sacrifice you are about to do for Indra? And when Krishna was questioning his father, Krishna said that some people, they know what they're doing and therefore they get the result. So the, the idea is that when you understand something nicely, fully, then you get the full result. So I take that for myself, that I must learn as much as I can about, what's your name? Kirtan Yagya. Yes. We are practicing Sankirtan Yagya. So I must learn as much as I can about Kirtan Yagya in order to get the full result. Okay, so that was a tangent. Now we bring back from the tangent. Gopinath Acharya 
was explaining how uh, there is a Yuga avatar. And he also quoted some things from the Shastras uh, to prove his point that Lord Chaitanya is the incarnation of God in the in the age of Kali. Now at this point, before I go any further, does anybody have a question they would like to ask about today's subject matter? Yes, Kirtan Yangu. Uh, what about uh, Kalki Avatar? Well, that's at the end. That's a Leela Avatar, but that's at the end. So it's like, it, it's still Triyuga because it comes at the end. He takes care of it. But you have 400, what is it, 432,000 years? No Leela Avatar. It's just at the very, very end. Yes? So, yeah, so Triyuga refers to Yuga Avatar? No. Leela Avatar. And Gopinathacharya was saying, yes, he's Triyuga because there's no Leela Avatar except at the end for Kalki. Okay? But Gopinath said, there is a Yuga Avatar in every age. Okay? More questions about Krishna consciousness. Anything. You always have a question. No, he's the Yuga Avatar. He's the Yuga Avatar. He has his Leela, but he's the Yuga Avatar. Okay? And now that you mentioned it, now I'm remembering by Krishna's grace that this Lord Chaitanya doesn't come in every Kali Yuga. Only following the Dwarpa Yuga that Krishna appears. So just like Krishna himself only appears once in a day of Brahma. So right after that, the next age is when Lord Chaitanya comes. So therefore, uh, Maya Devi, when she took initiation from Haridas Thakur, one of the things she said was that right now there is a flood of love of Godhead inundating the universe due to Lord Chaitanya. And if somebody fails to be drowned and swept up by this flood, they will not be delivered for millions of days of Brahma. So we have to finish up. We have to, I love this thing that Prabhupada put in the purport. Three principles of spiritual culture. Very nice. So we have to finish up and make sure that we go back home, back to Godhead. Otherwise, that's what Durga Mata said to Haridas Thakur. If you don't get delivered, 
So that's our primary function. Go back home, back to Godhead. And along with that, bring as many people with you. That's why we preach. We want to not go back alone. Why did Prabhupada start this movement? Prabhupada wanted to bring as many souls with him back home, back to Godhead. That's what this movement's all about. It's all about yourself purifying and perfecting and at the same time helping others. That's what preaching is. More questions? Yes, my good friend. This is a bit of an esoteric question of which I have not encountered the uh, any mention of. So in this yuga, Kali Yuga, you do the avatar. Uh, so what about other Kali Yugas? What is the Yuga avatar? That answer can be found in Vedabase because I have heard, but I can't repeat exactly. So we can go through Vedabase later and we will research this. Okay? Yes. This is my number one question. <laughs> so you test everybody to. You test everyone who speaks to you get a dip. No, I, I was trying to think of a question. I've like, like heard it many times. Okay. But this one, the one that, um, it's, enough, it's never really fully same thing somehow. I suffered a lot in this lifetime. Uh, mm. But uh, we here understand how Krishna is all loving, but then we read that there's canto. And it doesn't really seem to that. Sometimes the, the same, the So, it's, it's never when anyone is suffering in this human existence, we sometimes suffer for things we did presently, but sometimes you're suffering for things we did in the past. Sometimes we, we, are amazed why this poor innocent child had to suffer. <laughs> but we're only seeing the present. We didn't see a few lifetimes ago what that spirit soul has done. There is no way to figure out how karma works. It's, it's not within our ability to understand. We just have to try to understand things from a philosophical point of view. And that's why it's so important that we learn and study the philosophy 
So that when we are going through periods and we become doubtful, because you have so much knowledge at your disposal, you take shelter of that knowledge to make yourself peaceful. Just like I speak many times at funerals. I have so many Indian friends, so a lot of times I'm invited to speak at the funeral. And always I say to the people, the family, that this is where your transcendental knowledge is coming to be tested. How do you handle something like a, a death in the family or a, a chronic disease? How do you adjust that? You have to have some transcendental knowledge. So, Yes, Krishna is all merciful, but we may not necessarily have the ability to see things at that particular time. For instance, before becoming a devotee, I was so frustrated in my life. At one point, I was contemplating suicide. I was so frustrated with this relationship, Dina, Michelle, Linda, every relationship ended and I was just miserable, heartbroken. Why doesn't anybody love me? I'm so nice. Why doesn't anybody love me? I, I have so much love and it, it's, then I joined the movement. I didn't commit suicide, obviously. And that's another story, a quick one. So I was lying on my bed in the middle of the day for hours. It's like, I'm so, I'm just so fried. My brother had gone into New York City. And so when he, we used to sleep in the same room. So when he walked in and he saw me, he threw this book on my lap, Beyond Birth and Death. And that was the clue. No, you don't commit suicide. That was Krishna saved me. So I joined the movement and I was thinking, okay, man, I couldn't make it in the material world. I wanted to be the next John Lennon, but... I've given up. So now I'm going to join this movement and I'm going to be a sannyasi. So I was trying to be staunch, trying to be. <laughs> but after a few years, it dawned on me, you ain't no sannyasi. <laughs> then finally, Krishna arranged. I met my wife. And then I realized that's why Krishna frustrated me before. Because if I had worked things out with Dina and Michelle and Linda, I would never have become a devotee. I would have become a dancing dog. 
a complete dancing dog. Go do this, do this, go here, go here, buy me this, do this, do this. So when I came to Krishna consciousness, oh, same thing. <laughs> I wanted to be John Lennon. And when I joined the temple, I remember after three days after breakfast and you go downstairs in Brooklyn Temple and you wash your mouth and your hands and your feet, I saw there was a guitar. So I started to play the guitar after breakfast and the senior devotee came. Prabhu, we don't do this in the temple. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just a devotee for a couple of days. So I never, that was it. Then about, let's see, six years later, I'm in Manhattan in the temple. All of a sudden, one day the temple president came up to me and says, here's $50, go buy a guitar. I ran. <laughs> Just see. So I have seen in my life. And you know me. I always have to tie in a song. You can't always get what you want. But if you chant sometimes, you get what you need. So we surrender to Krishna and eventually your desires be fulfilled. So I wanted to do what, I, what I'm allowed to do here since the day I joined the movement, but I had to wait years and years and years before I got the facility. So we don't know what Krishna's plan is for us. We don't know. You have surrendered to Krishna. You're not any longer under the jurisdiction of material energy. Whatever happens now to you, to me, it's coming from Krishna. And I have to learn to see what is Krishna trying to teach me in this instance. Let's take my wife, for example. A few years ago, she got fired from her job. And she was devastated. I've never been fired. I've, I've worked for so many. She's worked for 25 years. And all of her, whatever boss she had, the boss loved her. But this time, this boss was a real jerk in the box. And she was having a hard time. She would come home every day from work complaining. My wife is very gentle, but she would come home from work like a bear. <sighs> because she was so frustrated. And then she got let go. So for months, for nine months, maybe more, she was going on interviews, sending out uh, resumes. Nothing was happening. Nothing. And so she was getting depressed and she was thinking why as everybody goes through this why krishna is doing this to me and we've all gone through that every devotee at some point has gotten to that stage 
Why is Krishna doing this to me? And again, that's where you're transcendent. So I finally got to preach to my wife for so many months. Usually it's the other way around. But here was an opportunity that I was able. So I would repeatedly say, Krishna is testing you. Don't worry. You're a good devotee. You chant. You follow the principles. You, you serve your husband as if he's a king. So it's just a matter of time. You have to be patient. It's like a woman when she's pregnant. Nine months. You just you can't force it. It comes when it comes. Am I right? It comes when it comes. You just have to be patient. So, just when she thought, uh-oh, it's not going to happen. Krishna made an arrangement. Boom, boom, boom. Now she's completely happy. So, but she had to go through many months of doubts and just mild depression. But now she's very, very happy. Does that help? <laughs> yes, Prabhu. Please say a little bit more. I take it to a higher level with the last Shikshastik. Which is so, it's so radical surrender. But we're following Lord Chaitanya who said, last week, last Rather, why don't you? Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know him, but Krishna is my Lord. And he shall remain as such. Either he handles me roughly by an embrace, or makes me brokenhearted by not being present before me. He is completely free to do anything and everything. Yes, Prabhu. Tenth canto, <clears throat> there's one very wonderful verse, <clears throat> which states, Tatayu Kampam, Tokshamitra Mahal, Mundama Iva, Kritamba Tatam, Midbar Babur Vir, is in Hanuman's cave, in Great Devotee, Sadayabhak. Then the devotee surrenders to Krishna, and meanwhile, he goes on patiently. Accepting whatever suffering and reactions he's gotten from his previous life, but actually those reactions are minimized um, <clears throat> compared to what he gone through had he not surrendered to Krishna. And um, he goes on, um, <clears throat> within his heart, within his mind, offering obeisances to Krishna, in the heart. Um, Vidanam Namaste, offering his obeisances. And Jivaita Yomukti Padei, Sadaibhat. The result is that he becomes uh, liberated from all suffering and goes back to Godhead uh, because it has become his rightful claim 
by virtue of his devotion and surrender to Krishna. And the, the exact Sanskrit word used refers to the uh, system of inheritance. Uh, one goes on patiently through his life, and then the previous generation of parents die, and then whoever is the first son, or the primogenitor, gets the inheritance. It's his rightful claim because he's in that position and he's been patient and he's waiting. So um, it is actually the inheritance of the devotee to become completely liberated from all suffering. And the suffering that we undergo is Krishna's mercy. And the suffering that everyone is undergoing is also Krishna's mercy to bring them to the point of realizing this material world is not my real home. This is not what I'm used for. It's a suffering. We choose that. And then the result is that we suffer. That is Krishna's mercy also. That is the supreme love and mercy. Instead of letting us run around and be in my and go unpunished, then we'd never be able to get it. So uh, the whole arrangement of the material energy is there. It's Krishna's mercy on the conditioned soul. Otherwise, if Krishna wanted, he could say, oh, you can and would you say in your life you have some experience of that <laughs> Because my, my feeling is, I believe every devotee goes through that at some point. I think you were... I've I many times said, Krishna, what is the matter with you? <laughs> what is the problem? Why are you doing this? You're supposed to be God. Come on, man. I'm your devotee. We're trying to be. No, I've gone through that. Yeah, I think... Any devotee has. But also, I've also experienced that you stick to Krishna consciousness and the way things work out as time goes on and you get closer to the end is uh, you see Krishna and feel Krishna's uh, manifestations of his mercy every step that you came to think what else? More sharing. More. Anything? Yes. <clears throat> I was just thinking of the reference to what you were saying. That sometimes we don't really know how much hurt our actions cause. Sometimes we, we might trivialize this, the sins that we commit in this world and, and what, how they have an effect, like the butterfly effect. But actually, our actions have a big impact on how it affects those around us, ultimately our relationship with Krishna. And how that, like you said, how that system of karma works. It's, really, it's very intricate and difficult to understand. It's imp No, you cannot understand. It's not possible. But the system Krishna created is perfect, and we have to have faith that that justice system is perfect, and he minimizes, like, you're not the perfect decision. Yes. Does it make sense in our dicyclic succession because we're worshiping uh, a very um, 
particular form, the highest form of Krishna, that he takes this form of an adolescent, so that in sometimes our relationship, because in Srimad Bhattar, I'm sorry, uh, in Brahma Samhita and other texts, he says that in the way that we worship him, he has a reciprocal relationship with us in that same form or manner. So that sometimes we can perceive when Krishna is acting in this way or that, if we're worshiping him as in a child form, that he's kind of acting up or a little bit mischievous, trying to see how we're going to react, because that's the relationship that we're trying to cultivate and develop with him. That is a very interesting angle of vision. I can neither confirm nor deny, because, and now I'll open this up to the assembly, my understanding is that right at this stage, we're dealing with super soul. So, anybody want to comment? I just like the question clarify. He's saying that because Krishna is a prankster, right? So he's thinking, at least as I hear you, that's how he's able to adjust the anomalies, that when something is happening that he doesn't like, he sees it, oh, Krishna is acting like a naughty child. Am I, did I get you right? Well, yeah, I mean, from that perspective, I mean, it's, Krishna's absolute, so even if we're perceiving it that he's being mischievous, at the same time, he's purifying you. At the same yeah. time, he's wrapping up so many other details, but if we're worshiping him, with the absolute goal of going to Vrindavan, where he's a small child and he plays yes. and gets into mischief. So sometimes when we're worship, worshiping him in that mood, he's reciprocating with us. And that, like I said, that's a very interesting angle of vision and I can't hargo. Yes? This starts in um, Nectar Instruction. It's around verse where you're so where you're really uh, in a very purified place and uh, Krishna is revealing who you should follow in Raj to cultivate your rust. At this stage it's not recognized. So what about what I said like at this stage we're dealing with super soul. Does that concur with anything or uh, well, I just want to talk about on the tape, he was equating super soul with our conscience. It was really uh, thought out. I mean, I'm sure there's more dimensions than that, but that voice yeah. that's telling us to do that or don't do that, that's our higher self. Yeah. And when we follow it, we're following Krishna. Yes, Dira. Uh, the Bodhis I know have spent a significant amount of time in Vrindavan. They will always say, as far as Krishna manifesting in your life, they say, oh, Krishna is very tricky. But you may have one little deviant thought in your mind. And Krishna roots that out. He knows it. And he manages to get you so that you are exposed to yourself what your fault is. So they always say that, oh yes, Krishna is very true. <laughs> they always say that. I've heard it many, many times. Mm -hmm. the devotees who have lived in Vrindavan. 
You can't get away with it. <laughs> but also, one other question. Okay, but we, I want to make sure I get hear something from Sindamani, but go ahead. Well, I want to say if you say that we're dealing with super soul, can you back that up by scripture? You can back that up. Can you back that up by scriptural reference? Well, here's what I would say. Based on my over 40 years of reading Prabhupada's books, this is what I have come to understand. Okay, so, you know, I'd have to bring in you know, I read this here, read this here, and taking it all, this is what I've come to understand. That's so, okay? But I do want to hear from Sandamani. I always thought that if I, when I commit offenses or something, that there'd be like some blue light that would go on or some <laughs> sound to Yes, see, you have what I was, you have transcendental knowledge. You have it. And that's how you've been able, I mean, I know in your, you've gone through a lot as a devotee. I mean, it's incredible what you've gone through. And here you are, blissful. You know, it's like unbelievable. <laughs> because you have, you have some transcendental if you don't have transcendental knowledge, you don't last. You have to get something. That's why I'm always amazed when I ask people, so what's your latest realization? I get realizations like by the minute. If you should have realizations, if you are experiencing Krishna consciousness, otherwise you can't stay. Right? Who Who's going to spend day after day, several hours, Hare Krishna, who's going to do that? <clears throat> you have to have some realization to keep going. That's why we, 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 are, we honor those who have been, stayed in the, you know, stayed devotee year after year after year. They must have some, that's why the, the elders speak because they have some realization. They've weathered the test. Yes. There's one verse from Bhagavad Gita about super soul. Yes. The super soul is the original source of all senses. It 
These are dog senses. These are attached, although he is the maintainer of all the beings, he transcends the modes of nature. At the same time, he is the master of all the modes of material nature. Jai. Yes. And next verse, Krishna speaks. The supreme truth exists outside and inside of all the beings, the moving and the non-moving, because he is subtle. Is beyond the power of material senses to see or to know. Although far, far away, he's also near to all. Inside. Okay, thank you very much. I tried my best. Hare Krishna. No, 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 no,